0: Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is September 6th, 2021. It is currently 1 a.m. on a Monday morning, and I'm up late, not working, but watching football. It's football season, everyone. It college football started, and I am watching. I'm watching. All right, I'm going to turn this music down and we are going to get into whatever the hell I want to talk about. So I spent this weekend uh, playing tour guide. Uh, A friend of mine um, who I only had known through Facebook, um, who I met through a screenwriters group on Facebook, uh, flew down here. And he's no longer part of that group. I'm no longer part of that, that group. They actually kicked me out for... You know, I really don't know why they kicked me out. I think they just kicked me out because I was kind of being honest with them, telling them, Hey, you know what? I think, um, if you want to try to pursue a career, um, as a screenwriter, it's pretty difficult. It's really difficult. And the industry has completely changed. And, uh, you know, I met this guy on, t- well, I guess on top of that, I met a lot of great people on that forum, a lot of filmmakers out there, um, from different countries and I helped them out and, um, they really enjoyed my honesty. But on top of that, this other guy, um, he's actually a Trump supporter. So me and him connected, and we finally got to meet in person. And uh, I've been taking him around playing tour guide and uh, getting to know him even even better. So, you know, it's it's really cool. You know, you meet people online, and you get along with them really well. Then you just meet with them in person for the first time. And it's like, wow, okay, great. We can be actually even more real friends than before, right? And I've met a lot of friends online. I remember before... Back in the day, that was the nerdy thing to do, right? You had your internet friends and you had your real friends, but all of a sudden now your internet friends are your real friends. And sometimes you have more internet friends than real friends. <laughs> and it's, it's just all just one big convoluted mess, right? Isn't it? Uh, but you know, there're really strange things like my real friends and I, we hardly talk on the phone. And I wouldn't say, I'm not going to go to classify what's a real friend and not a real friend because they're all friends. I mean, I have friends over in Australia and over in Uganda. I never met before, but I still consider them my real friends because they are my real friends. I just haven't met them in person yet. But some of the people who I know in person who, you know, uh, I guess are my lifelong friends, right? They're also my Facebook friends. They're on Facebook, but I rarely talk to them, even though we're on Facebook. So I don't know. It's just one big mess which you know it's not a bad thing at all because the internet that's the good thing about Facebook right you get to meet new people and the bad thing again is that (laughs) you find out so-and-so thinks what or so-and-so thinks that and then all of a sudden they know they point the finger at you and they say whoa you're a so-and-so supporter I'm gonna unfriend you and then all of a sudden you're unfriended for life 20 years of friendship down the drain boom snap of a finger bam you're gone Okay, anyway, I just want to talk about COVID right now and uh what I'm seeing. So uh you know I I turn on the football um I guess I turn on the TV to watch some college some college football games and what do I see? Crowds! Tons of crowds! Did you see that? The whole stadium is just filled! to the brim, everyone's elbow to elbow, arm around each other, and they're all, it's as though the, we're not in a pandemic. Everything is just normal. You know, people on the sidelines and everything like that, they're not wearing masks. And no one, hardly anyone in the stand is wear, are wearing masks. I maybe catch a handful, The cheerleaders are out there showing their pretty faces, not hiding it behind those masks. You know, now you can see how bright their smiles are. And you have that beautiful noise the beautiful noise of that crowd just cheering and that college atmosphere that, that brings it just a, that college football atmosphere that just brings the entire city alive. You know, if you've, you've ever been to a college football game, I'm talking about a real college football game or an SEC college football game, man, it's just crazy. I mean, even if they have a losing football team, I mean, I've been to Ole Miss. Uh, I went to the Ole Miss-Alabama game about three years ago. And I tell you what, Ole Miss was not a good football team back then. They're going to be a good football team this year, by the way. But they were not a good football team back then. Uh, but the reason why I went there and my family went there is because both quarterbacks from Alabama and Ole Miss were from Hawaii. So we said, why not? Well, we went there, and, man, that crowd there was just crazy. Everyone in that town filled that stadium to the brim, and Ole Miss had a losing record. You're not going to find that in Hawaii. None, none whatsoever. So here's the thing: while the whole nation um, basically gave the middle finger to social distancing, to mask, to everything, right, and and also to political correctness, because I was watching the Florida State. In fact, I'm still watching the Florida State football game, and. I remember there's a rule, there's, they said that, please, no headgear, no Indian war paint, no axe chopping, no, oh, yeah, 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 right, none of that, and here they are doing every single thing, and what are they going to do, give the whole crowd a ticket, right, you know, the whole crowd just says, screw you guys, screw the political correctness, you know, we're Florida State Seminoles, we're going to like, you know, do whatever we, the hell we want to do, and they should. Because it's only a small minority of victim hunters who are trying to control the whole narrative. You know, a small minority of paranoid COVID, you know, people who just want to be locked up in their room for the rest of their life and just scared of everything, you know, that want to dictate this whole, I guess, country. They want all of us to be scared out there. All of us to be scared out here. So while the whole nation is celebrating football. Here in Hawaii, <laughs> no fans at our football games because, whoa, we have the Delta virus everywhere. We have, you know, you know everything is just going to hell over here in Hawaii. Well, the truth is, yes, the hospitals are getting filled or we are approaching, I guess, um, full hospitalization. But at the same time, things are not as bad as they seem. Not as bad. You know, right now we're seeing a lot of cases right now. And, and just to let you know, a positive case is not a death sentence. And a positive case does not equate to a hospitalized, um, um, I guess, uh, a, a, a hospitalization. And right now, the, but here in Hawaii, they're, they're treating cases as though they are deaths. It's completely nuts. So right now the majority of the cases, the majority of the cases out there are people 40 years and under. In fact, if I were to say the majority of the cases are still 49 and years under, okay, so that makes up the, the vast, vast majority. And who are hospitalized? The majority of them? Well, again, the majority of them are those people who are of those ages. But who are dying? Only the old people. Only the old people. So, The old person, the old people out there, they should they should get vaccinated. They should stay in and stay safe. While the young people who are out there, go ahead, gallivant, get gallivant around, walk around, get infected, get infected with this Delta virus. Right? I would say get infected, but also be vaccinated. Right? But going again, if you're infected, you're eventually going to recover. You're you're not going to die, and 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 then you'll have antibodies within you. And you won't get sick again with this variant, right? This Delta variant. And hopefully it won't mutate further. We're all going to get the Delta variant, by the way. It's that contagious because herd immunity has gone out the window. And I think I may have gotten it, you know, or once already. Like I think I told you the story. Uh, with, With my cousin getting infected or even everything, blah, blah, blah. My makeup artist just got infected and she's, now she's fine, out running. It hit her. Kinda hard, she had a little bit shortness of breath, uh, she had a cough, and now she's fine. It took about a week and a half uh, to fight it, and or maybe about close to two weeks, but she was on quercetin and zinc, And because she was on it, it didn't spread to her lungs or anything else, you know, her liver or, or, or anything else like that. So she's, she's basically a okay. Her taste of, um, her, her, her taste came back and her smell came back and she's just getting rid of that lingering cough. Like when you ever get sick with any type of um, cold, right? You get, you have a cough that lingers, right? But again, she didn't go to the hospital. And when she actually tried to call up to the hospital to get treatment, they didn't even answer the phone. Like the doctors right now, I mean, she, she's so frustrated. She was saying, telling me, Steve, my doctor doesn't want to treat me. I mean, her treatment was coming through me. I, I think that's just stupid. So let me just update you on the numbers we have today or yesterday. We have 731 cases, but of those cases, they include confirmed and quote-unquote probable. So what are probable? These are cases that they think may be positive, and, but they're not tested, okay? But they still throw it into the data pool, which basically pollutes the, the data pool. So how many of these 731 cases are probable? How many of them are actually confirmed? They won't tell us. Maybe it may be only five that are probable, Probable, right? But I'm, I'm thinking they won't tell us because they want that number to be high, we can only assume right why don't they tell us they won't tell us why are you combining why are you combining it together i don't understand it so anyway here's what they said. They said that we can actually extrapolate the data all right that uh that that um I guess. Uh, they, they gave us a number of how many people are currently infected in the state of Hawaii. And they said that this is, that this is a proxy number that you can work with. So just extrapolate the data. It's very accurate. So what did they say? Well, they said that they believe that 11,206 people in Hawaii are currently infected with COVID. Okay. All right. Why don't we just say that they're correct? 11,206 people are infected with COVID. How many people do we have in the state of Hawaii? Uh, right now, the, la- the last census said that we have 1.5 million people, not counting tourists and not counting the military. We have that many residents in Hawaii, 1.5 million. What does that translate into? 0.07%. So 0.07% of our entire state is infected with COVID. Now, of that point. percent 1.5 million people. How many of them have died of COVID? Like maybe within the last uh, within the last ten days? I think maybe about seven or eight. Seven or eight people. Okay, great, right? Great. Not that many people. Eight out of the 1.5 million people. Well, in that in that time frame, we've had more people that died through drunk driving, murder, suicide. Diabetes or being overweight and car accidents. We're not cutting. We're not closing down McDonald's for diabetes. We're not banning guns right now because we did have a murder suicide. We know the Democrats love to do that, right? And we are not. We are not actually locking down the freeways because we have people speeding and crashing into crashing into cars and turning over their cars and then killing people. We're not doing that. There's more people who died of accidents. I mean, all of those things, right? Drunk driving. We had a, we had a few drunk drivers who had died just just recently. So apparently, COVID is one of the minor causes of deaths here in Hawaii. But we're locking down the entire state in a way, in a way, meaning we can't have uh, we can't have restaurants operating at a hundred percent, which is impossible. The math is impossible. A restaurant cannot survive if it if it is only allowed to operate at 25 or 50%. It can't happen, all right? The stadiums, they're empty, completely empty. They're, they're like locked down. The only people who can actually uh, play, fo- uh, I guess, attend are the football players, and I think they're wearing masks, which is so stupid. This is the ludicrousness of our political leaders here in Hawaii. They have no idea what the hell they're doing you know, I went to watch, um, Shang-Chi this weekend. And, um, in that theater, there was about 50 people, maybe I think 75 people, uh, very, very big theater, but we had to keep one or two seats, uh, between the, between parties. Um, sometimes they made us keep two seats. I think I I went to see it twice. I went to, I saw it twice. Um, it's a really, really good movie, by the way. And I'm going to review it in my next podcast, but, um, the first time we saw it, we only could keep one seat between us. Then the second time, we kept two seats. It really, it really depends on which theater you go to see it, right? So anyway, we go to see this theater. The first time we see it, there's about 75 people inside the theater. The second time when you're in a smaller theater, there's about, I think, about 25 or 30 people inside there. All right. The funny thing about it is that if you plan your wedding in Hawaii, you can only have 25 people attending your wedding if it's outdoors and if it's indoors you can only have 10 people attending your wedding 10 but apparently if you show a movie in there you can have 50 or 75 people but if but god forbid if you're if you actually want to get married inside a theater well maybe you should get married in a theater if you get married in a theater maybe you can have 75 people there but if you get married married in a hotel you can only have 10 people there but if you get married in a church it doesn't matter they have no set limit. Does that make any sense whatsoever? Right? None whatsoever. By the way, I got this funny story to tell you before I cut the commercial. Oh, I, um, I married a couple last week about, or maybe about two weeks ago. And uh, they had 37 guests. So again, we were under that 25, uh, people, uh, 25 person attendant rule per ceremony that we had to abide by. So we had to throw two ceremonies. Well, this bride told me that she actually, um, her and her friends, her wedding party, uh, wanted to go to dinner at one of these uh, restaurants out there, but and they had reservations, but apparently they couldn't go into the, I guess, I guess into the the restaurant until our mayor, Rick Blangerini, or Rick blah blah. I'm not really sure how to say his last name. Um, he. he I guess he was dining inside of there and they were not allowing anyone to come into there with, uh, I guess until he finished, <laughs> man, that is crazy. And I think the reason why he didn't want anyone to go into there is because he didn't want to get filmed because what happened about a week ago, the Lieutenant governor was filmed, uh, in, a, in a restaurant, hugging people, uh, not social distancing um, in a crowd of more than about twenty or thirty people, elbow to elbow, having fun, drinking it up, sharing a beer, and this is while he was telling everyone, "You better not do this. You better stay home, not have fun, because the Delta variant is out there, everyone. It's really, really dangerous." The same lieutenant governor, well, he was caught not wearing a mask during a, an interview, and um, I guess at a, at a radio station. And he was out there telling everyone, make sure you wear a mask. Everyone, make sure you wear a mask. And he's out there without a mask. These guys are just a bunch of liars. You know They have to be consistent. There is even video of our old mayor during the lockdown. And this is during, during the lockdown. What does he do? He goes to a Korean hostess bar, makes them open up. So he can spend time with the beautiful women in in there during the height of the lockdown, and one of the girls took a picture with our mayor, posted on Facebook, and now that girl is missing. Okay, that's how crazy it is. These politicians are just a bunch of slime balls, slime bags, or whatever you wanna call them. They're just horrible. All right, people, I'm gonna cut the commercial, and when I get back, uh, we are going to talk about, hmm, I have no idea right now. Why don't we talk about, you know what I really wanted to talk about? We're going to talk about how to choose a really good smoker. All right. Yeah, we're going to get into like talking about barbecue. You yeah, know, well, I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to talk about barbecue for this podcast, right? I know it's a big, really big, heavy transition from like COVID to this to, to barbecue and all that, but that's what's on my mind, right? That's really what's on my mind. Okay. So we're going to go to barbecue right after these messages. Hey, what's going on everyone? It's Scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So, my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com so that's dream weddings with a s hawaii spelled out dot .com okay everyone i am back from that commercial break and i hope you are too we are going to get straight into talking about barbecues and how to actually pick out a really good smoker uh, but before I get into that, I want to tell you about a recent barbecue experience that I had at a place that just opened up here in Hawaii. Um, they advertised themselves as all, being an authentic uh, Texas-style barbecue. I am not going to say the name, but if you do your research, you'll probably figure out who it is. Um, well, they, they just opened up a, a place in town. Um, I knew about this uh, barbecue or this pit master um, before I, I even started learning about barbecue, and uh, when I had tasted his barbecue, I I immediately said, "Wow, this tastes like really, really good barbecue." Now at that time, I didn't know what to order, or I did I didn't know what a brisket was. To be honest, I didn't know what you know spare ribs or beef ribs were, the difference, and and pulled pork. So I didn't know what to look for. I really, really didn't. And when I ordered his food, I thought, "Wow, this is really, really great." Now when I gave some to my mom. She didn't care for it. And we gave some to my dad. My dad said, oh, it's good. It's really, really good. And after that, uh, we traveled, uh, I guess, through Tennessee and Memphis and everywhere, Uh, um, and then even in Texas, and his barbecue still outperformed the other barbecue restaurants that we went to. It's pretty amazing. So we came back and we told him that, you know, you're, you're still really, really good. But compared to Franklin's, which is like, you know, maybe I would say the gold standard for brisket, uh... Franklin was much better than his brisket. And then I started to get into barbecuing, my, I guess, my own stuff. And, um, you know, I got pretty good at it. And now I'm, I hate to say this, I hate to brag, I'm really, 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 really good at it. Um, I know how to manage a pit very, very well. Very, very well. And when you you know how to manage, a I guess, a backyard pit really well, and you can create really good barbecue with a backyard pit, doing it on a commercial smoker is that much easier because it doesn't require you to really watch it as much. When you use a backyard smoker, you have to really baby it a lot. Um, because you want that fire pretty clean as clean as possible, um, and you don 't and that temperatures just spikes up and down uh, not like uh, how it does in a commercial smoker because a commercial smoker is just so much larger now we 're going to get into like uh I guess what smokers to buy, but at first again we 're going to be critiquing this barbecue that that I just had, so when I went to this barbecue um place, I ordered a half a pound of um, pork ribs, half a pound um, Of brisket, half a pound of um, uh, poo pork, and also one beef rib. That's basically the entire menu. And I spent around $120. the price is a little on the high side, but whenever you go to any barbecue joint, you know, expect to spend about $100 $100 to $120, maybe $150. If you go to somewhere like Franklin, you'll you'll spend close to $200 on food. Um, Barbecue is not cheap, and the reason why it's not cheap is because it takes a lot of long, t- a lot, a lot of long hours to actually make a brisket, you know, anything, beef ribs, everything. There's a lot of labor that goes into it. Um, but anyway, uh, when we tasted this, unfortunately, we weren't impressed because I'm not, I'm, not, and we didn't want to be really food snap, food snobs, but we weren't impressed because there wasn't much smoke flavor in here. And, and I just couldn't wrap my head around this. Why? was there so little smoke flavor. And this pit master um, said he used Chiave wood. Now Chiave wood is very, very, very strong in smell. And I had a conversation with him and he said, well, he thinks that it's actually a lot more mild than post oak. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Chiave is extremely strong in smell. And I think um, his wood uh, is to actually blame for that. Now, why do I say this? Because, you know, Chiavi is, um, is related to the mesquite tree. And if anyone out there who has actually burned any mesquite there, you you there on the mainland, you, you know what mesquite is. It's a very, very strong, pungent odor. You can just smell it. It's very sharp. Uh, but if you smoke with mesquite, the flavor comes out very, uh, very sharp. Very, very sharp. And, and sometimes even tasting like gasoline. Mesquite is great to grill with. It's not great to smoke with. All right. So if you have mesquite wood and you want to, you know, you know, flavor your steak with um, really good smoke, use mesquite wood. It's very good. Um, but if you want to smoke a brisket, mesquite wood or even a turkey, uh-uh, absolutely not. I would rather stick with pecan or or post oak or maybe even a, uh, a fruit wood, uh, but definitely not mesquite. Now. Chiave, uh, which is a beautiful word, it sounds a lot more beautiful than mesquite, right, uh, is related to the mesquite tree. It's a lot more thorny, but it, it is in the same class. And this tree, um, it doesn't look the same, even though it's related to it, and, and um, it burns a lot sweeter, and it's a lot more pungent. Uh, when I smoke with chiave wood, and that's the only wood that I use, um, you can smell it down the street. Uh, I actually, my clothes smell like chiave. That's how <laughs> that, that's how strong it is. Um, I remember going going into the grocery store and this one person who was, uh, I guess, next to me uh, told me, man, like, I keep walking around here and I keep smelling really, really good barbecue, and but I can't find it. <laughs> and I told him, oh, that's me. I'm the one who smells like barbecue. And he smelled my shirt. He said, dude, you're the one, it smells like barbecue. You're, you're the barbecue. And I said, Yeah, I'm cooking barbecue right now at my house. So um, that's how strong it is. It goes everywhere. So, you know, you know this is the, um, so when he told me that, yeah, you know, this Kiawe wood, it's not as strong as post oak, you know, something was wrong there. And I started to notice um, that the, the wood that he was using was bought from this other company called Kiawe Hawaii. And unfortunately for him, well, he was saying it wasn't kiln dried. Kiave Hawaii actually kiln dries their wood. That's not fresh wood. And whenever you have dry wood, well, dry wood has no personality in it. Dry wood will burn clean. It will burn and it won't flavor your meat at all. So again, you can have like you can have strong kiave wood. You can have Kiave wood, which is very strong, but because it's kiln dried, you've taken all the personality out of it. What you want to do is you want to season it, dry it and uh, out, outside, and you want to make sure when you burn that wood, your, your smoke, that, that you have smoke coming out of there, smoke coming out of that stack. And if it's clear all the time, you got a problem. You want it to be bluish. Not smothering white, bluish. Like the same color that comes out of a muffler. And if you can sustain that bluish type of smoke, you are in the sweet spot. If all of a sudden your smoke is clear and you have no flames, which I saw in, um, in, in this guy's, uh, I guess, um, firebox when it's clear and you have just no flame whatsoever, well, then you're just, you're just cooking with heat. And it's equivalent of cooking with propane. Now, there's, other, there's some other things which we found wrong with this guy's brisket or all of his meats. It was very, 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 very strong in pepper, extremely strong in pepper, and he told us that before that, this is the the southern style uh, form of, uh, I, guess, um, of, of uh, I guess, of, of, I guess, of, of, of cooking, cooking brisket or, or or barbecue, and I have to tell you, it's not. I've been all over Texas; it's not that peppery. And under further inspection, when we inspected the bark. Of the brisket, of the of the pool pork, of even the beef ribs, the bark was not truly oxidized fat. See the bark. The what happens when you when you um, smoke meat? What ha- and you, how you create that beautiful black bark that surrounds almost every single piece of meat? That happens naturally um, through fat, and the fat will, will not. It's not burning. It's oxidizing. It's the way it oxidizes. It bubbles up and then it, it, it catches some of that smoke in there and it turns eventually a little black. It doesn't taste like smoke at all. It doesn't taste like something that's charcoal or burnt. You know when you charcoal or burn like a steak or something like that? It doesn't taste like that at all. It actually tastes very, very well. And we could actually scrape off his bark. And when we did that, they were all peppercorns. So all, his entire bark, the reason why he had a bark on top of his uh, meat is basically it was all made out of pepper. <laughs> it, was, it was completely made out of peppercorns, everything. And uh, that was really, really disturbing, really, really disturbing. So, I mean, even the pork ribs, we said, wow, like how did he, like why is it all black? Like usually when you want pork ribs, like a good pork spare rib, you want it to be a mahogany red. You want that mahogany red with the little sprinkles of like pepper in there. And, uh, but that mahogany red is what you're looking for. That's why you, you use paprika. His was black. It was black, 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 black. It looked like the brisket. I said, okay, wow, okay, why did he do that for? And then when you inspect it closely, the reason why it was all black because it was all peppercorns sprinkled on there in such a tight, tight uniform. That when you bit into this, it was just it was overwhelmingly strong. Now there is, there is some truth that peppercorns you need some peppercorns here in there not peppercorns but actually pepper coarse pepper um, in there because smoke does grab onto pepper that's definitely true. But again, you can overseason it, and his meat was completely overseasoned. It was overseasoned so much to the point that the the fat. Uh, on the brisket, it wasn't rendered. Now, usually fat, you want fat to be really, really rendered well where you can put, you know, I guess push your finger into it. That, that's kind of how we tell when, when it's time to wrap is that when the fat is actually rendered. So we'll actually, well, I'll actually take my finger, poke the brisket fat, and if my finger starts to penetrate the fat and it looks very kind of clearish, then that's the time to wrap. So we're looking at, you know, the bark, the nice formation of the bark and also the ability to, I guess, the, the ability to poke my finger into the fat or separate the fat. And if it looks a little more on the clear side, well, it's time to wrap. That, that means our fat has rendered and we can start tenderizing the meat. And, um, apparently that didn't happen. I think he wrapped too early. And that's what I think. I think he wraps really, really too early. And, um, that's why the, there's not enough smoke going into there. I really do. But, um, that's, I think that's one of my critiques on there. You know what it's really interesting when I when I travel the um the mainland. When I, say, when I mean the mainland, um, those of you of you who are listening to my podcast from the mainland, the mainland is what the mainland is what we call in Ho, in Hawaii the states. You know, California all the way all the way to Florida. You you are the mainland, right? Because we are on we are on an island. We fly to the mainland. So um, uh you know. When we went to everywhere uh, to to try barbecue, um, the the problem I had with most barbecue places was that the smoke flavor was almost invisible. And this would be this, uh, I guess this, the barbecue that I tasted today would would kind of fall under that category. The smoke flavor was not in the forefront. What was in the forefront was vinegar, barbecue sauce, or things like that. Now, when I make my barbecue, um, that mesquite wood is so strong that if you choose to put barbecue sauce on top of it, that smoke flavor will actually come through the barbecue sauce. So so that's a really nice flavor. I don't want that, you know, for my, my philosophy, since I'm smoking things, is that I want that chiave flavor to be in the forefront, not in the background, in the forefront. The second thing I want at the forefront is salt. I don't want it to be salty. I just want it to be, I want that salt flavor. I want it salty. I want salty, but not overly salty, right? But if you have, and if you can smoke anything with the right amount of salt, well, you know, that's, I think about 90% of the entire battle. And then you can add any other spice you want. But again, if you have at the forefront, a little saltiness and a little, and, and, and good smoke, good clean tasting smoke you've made good barbecue all right and again whatever you want to add to that afterwards it's really up to you but just make sure everything else stays into the stays in the background it it really has to be that way all right so what would i give a grade for this and um, barbecue place, barbecue place that just opened up well the barbecue sauce i would give a zero it's some of the, you know, next to Aaron Franklin's. Aaron Franklin makes really good barbecue, but their barbecue sauce sucks. Now, this barbecue place, their barbecue sauce sucked. It really, really, really sucked. I think they have to learn how to make barbecue sauce. They have to learn how to do barbecue, unfortunately, even though he's been doing it longer than I have. You know, I think it's, up to this point, I think it's, you know, uh, you know, he would be, when I go into business later on this year, uh, I wouldn't even consider him competition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how bad it is. From a scale from one to 10, uh, my mother gave it a five or a 4.5. My father gave it a four. And, um, and then I gave it maybe a five right there. And Pitmaster Keith, I think he gave it around a 4.5 to five. Um, not a good thing. We we really wanted to give it an 8 or even close to a 10. But not good whatsoever. All right, people. Next subject. Hold on. I'm going to take a take a little sip of water here. Okay. All right. That, that's a lot better. Okay. So the next subject here we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how to choose a really good smoker out there. Now, First of all, you. Ha- I think you have to decide what type of smoker you want to be. Now, if you want to be, there, there's two types of um, smokers out there. There's, um, and when I say smokers, I'm not talking about the smoker to buy. I'm talking about the pitmaster. So, what type of pitmaster do you want to be? Um, are you a guy who just wants to like? Uh, you know, cook a brisket every now and then or cook some ribs every now and then, and you just want to set something in the oven and just forget it right just make you want to cook your 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 own um, meat as easy as it is you know um, in the oven you don 't want to tend to a fire, or do you want to be a pit master like a true pit master and burn nothing but wood now, if you want to burn nothing but wood, you have to get uh, a regular smoker with a firebox on the side. Which you can put either coal or wood inside there, right? If you want to be the pitmaster, I would say the lazy pitmaster, the one who who is a weekend warrior and just say I'm I just want to make you know some ribs or you know some brisket, you know once a month or once every blue moon, buy yourself a pellet grill. That's it. Okay, so that's your number one decision, whether or not to get a pellet grill. Or if you want to be a pitmaster and you want, then you want to just get a regular standard offset. Now, the first thing you want to do after you decide what type of, I guess, um, I guess how you want your fire to be started, whether or not it's pellet or fire or, or firewood. All right. The next thing you have to look at is the thickness of the metal of your um, of your smoker. You want it to be pretty thick. The thicker the better. And the reason why you want it to be thick is that. Thicker metals hold heat better. That's that's the only thing. And a lot of the cheaper grills, um, you'll find in Eagle Hardware. They're very thin. Um, it's really lightweight. And if and if your if your smoker is not if it's really if it's too thin, you know it's losing too much heat and you'll always have to be adding fire. You always have to be adding a wood to it to maintain heat because heat is always coming out of it all the time. Smoke is always coming out of it all the time. You don't want that. So you want something fairly on the thick side. All right. Fairly on the thick side. All right. Number three is the size of the actual smoker. Now, there's a couple of different smokers out there. Um, the most common type of smokers out there are the water pan smokers where you have your heat source on the bottom, uh, and then you have a water pan on top of that. And then you have grills that, that, um, that you can put your meat on. Uh, they have some that look like R2D2. They have some that look like meat lockers. And those are the most common ones to, uh, to use. Uh, a lot of people in Hawaii tend to use those. Uh, those are not my favorite. The standard offset is what I use, where you, is where you have a firebox on one side, usually on the right side, and then you have your your cooking chamber, and then that cooking chamber you have attached to it on the opposite side of the firebox, which is uh, a chimney. And um, basically, you, you're cooking with indirect heat, and that, and that is the best way for, for you to actually cook, a sm- uh, I guess, to cook something. Now they do have pellet smokers in this form, but the reason why you want a very, very large smoker, especially if you're doing um what they call a standard offset of what of what I use, um where you have the firebox on one side, your cooking chamber, then the chimney, you want a very big cooking chamber is because you want to be as far away from that firebox as possible. So if you buy if you buy say uh Um, something at Eagle Hardware or or at Home Depot, and you have that firebox out there, and then you have the small little grill where, you know, basically you can cook your brisket here, but you want to, you know, have a nice offset. Well, I'm sorry. If you're that close to the firebox, you are not cooking with indirect heat. So you want to be really, really far away from that firebox. That's number one. All right. So make sure, make sure if you can, your cooking chamber is rather large you want to be as far away from you, as you can from that um, heat because you want to cook with indirect heat, okay? Now, we're not, now last thing, the last thing. Now, when we're, when we're talking about a standard offset smoker, where you have your firebox on one side, your cooking chamber, and then you have your, your chimney, the placement of the chimney is also very important. So open up your um, your smoker and take a look at where that chimney is. Now, sometimes it's really good. If you have a nice big, uh, I guess, chamber, cooking chamber, it's okay to actually have that um, um, chimney at grill level. Okay? So it's sucking air, sucking heat at grill level. That's great. But if your cooking chamber is a lot smaller you should have that chimney higher than grill level because what's going to happen is that you again the mo- the main thing is to get indirect heat to your uh i guess to your brisket or your your or your ribs or whatever you're cooking at right and if that chimney is above the grill then the heat at the grill would actually be a lot di- at, at a lower temperature than what's higher and then therefore you're cooking at I guess you're, you're cooking your meat with more indirect heat. Okay. Because the heat is trapped on the top of the grill instead of at the grill. On top of this, a lot of backyard grills tend to smoke dirty. And when I mean dirty, that means that the, um, the, the smoke is, um, is billowing sometimes. It's, it's not the cleanest. It's not the best, right? It's not like a big commercial smoker where you can run the fire really, really hot. Um, these small backyard smokers, a lot of times, if you want to cook it at 225, you're actually, the, the smoke could be a little dirty. Now, at that point, you want your chimney to be higher than grill level because where does all the dirty smoke go? Any, anywhere. Like, say, for example, your house catches on fire. Where does all the smoke go? It goes to the ceiling. So, again, all the dirty smoke in your cooking chamber will go toward the top. And then if your chimney's out there, it will shoot out the dirty smoke and make sure the, the, the cleaner smoke is on the bottom where your brisket and your ribs or blah, blah, blah are, right? Everything's are, right? So again, if you have a smaller cooking chamber, just make sure that your chimney is at the top or, or above your grill. Okay. And that's really it. That's really it when it comes to buying a, a backyard, um, grill. Make sure the metal is thick. You know, choose what type of, um, I guess, choose your smoker, whether or not it's pellet or pellet or a regular stick burner, um, based upon what type of, what type of pit master you want to be. And number three, just make sure you have a really big cooking chamber. And if it's smaller on the smaller side, make sure that chimney is higher than the grill. Pretty simple, right? Now for myself, I use a Oklahoma Joe's for, for my backyard smoker. Um, for my commercial smoker, I'll be using a fat stack, and these are made out of 500-gallon, um, 1,000-gallon propane tanks. Um, they're very, very large, and um, and the convection in there is not as good, actually, as a backyard smoker, but because you can actually have, a, you can burn the fire cleaner for a longer time, and the your meat doesn't, I guess, cook as fast, you can put a lot more cleaner smoke into your briskets into your meat and uh, therefore you can actually uh they should come out tasting a lot better not a lot worse so that's the theory behind of it but um yeah and that's about it people so anyway hope this uh I guess hope this helped you out there choose your hope this cho- <laughs> I hope this podcast helped all of you out there choose the best smoker i'm sorry it's getting a little a little late and I'm mixing my words right now because I want to actually watch some football. Um, so I'm gonna end my podcast right here. And I'm hoping you'll tune in more on my next podcast. I'm hoping to have Pitmaster Keith. Oh, and oh, by the way, I'm gonna um review uh two movies, uh Shang Chi and also um Free Guy. All right, I'm gonna review two movies, and I think Pitmaster Keith and I are gonna talk about those. So um anyway, that's about it for now. Hope you enjoyed it, and I will talk to you later. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2movies. That's bbq T O movies Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2Movies. Catch you around.